Good afternoon and welcome to Tech Central's Impact Series. Very much looking forward to today's, to today's conversation. And I'm thrilled to be sitting here in the Tech Central studio with Previn Pillay. Previn Pillay is the Managing Director of MaxTech. And also on the line, joining us the way from Israel, we have Segi, his surname is Kratu. Segi is based, as I said, in Israel, and he's the Director of Enablement and an Evangelist at Orcus Security. And we're really looking forward to today's conversation for a number of reasons. Primarily because we assume that our data in the public cloud is secure. We make a number of assumptions about the public cloud, whether we're talking about Amazon AWS, Google, um, you may talk about Oracle, Azure, or in time to come, Alibaba. Is it safe? Is it secure? How are we monitoring the security of our data in the cloud? And we're very much looking forward to this conversation. And I'd like Previn to please kick us off and just introduce this topic, but also introduce the partnership that's been established between MaxTech and Orca Security. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Uh, I think what's important is, you know, if you look at MaxTech, we've been uh, in operation for the past three decades. Uh, and we started off with data storage and over time has evolved into data security. And today, as we know it in terms of cybersecurity. Now, I think uh, our relationship with Orca, you know, is very, very specific and niche because we've been in the vulnerability management space for the past 14 years, providing on-prem, off-prem management solutions and, and very much agent-based. Uh, Orca started off uh, something earlier this year for us. And, and like you've mentioned, it's in the public cloud. And what's key about it is it's agentless. Now, with the day of technology today, uh, we don't need things to be complicated. If you've got, uh, you know, in some cases, customers don't even know the amount of virtual machines they've spun up in any of those public instances. It's because, yes, today we're faced with load shedding. We're faced with global short, uh, shortages. And you cannot buy hardware. So it's, it's, you know, we've got the public cloud. It's got the infrastructure. It's got the resources. It's on demand. And you can spin up. And as we spin up, we don't know the security of it. We don't know the state. Uh, we don't know have they been deployed using best practices. Or, or just as an example, what is the latest view? And when we talk about view, we talk about the security posture. Um, so when we partnered with Orca, and you know that's something that we've got an exclusive agreement for Sub-Saharan Africa, um, it helped us provide the solution to our customers and our partners that we fulfilled over the last three decades. So you're talking about vulnerability and exposure, and where does Orca fit in? In all of them. In fact, Orca at the core of it is vulnerability management. But it's more than that. It's about prioritization. It's about providing movement or through the exposure of certain instances that gives you visibility or prioritization on what you should be looking at first. Okay. Um, and that's, again, it's just, you know, it's a key part. So, you know, I like to start off to say, uh, you know, in the beginning, it's about asset discovery because most customers don't know how many servers, how many virtual machines or instances they have spun up. And, you know, with, with not having that visibility, it's, it's great. But apart from vulnerability management, they also have the ability about identity and access management okay. and insecure configurations. I, 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 I don't want to uh, say too much because I think we leave it for, for Segi, uh, you know, to, to share more of those uh, unique benefits 
in around their solution. Absolutely. And Segi, before I hand over to you, I know there are a couple of things, and I don't want to um, to spoil the punchline, but you're also going to share with us some very interesting research that you recently did, which was entitled the, the, the State of Public Cloud Security Report 2022. And that's a piece of research that the, the Orca Pod have put together, and we're looking forward to hearing some of, some of the stats that come out of that, some of the key findings. But really important to our listeners to know that what we're going to hear from, from Segi is an important um, illustration of how innovative they've become, how innovative in the, the, we can be in, the, in terms of identifying security of our, our um, public cloud, and how the old ways of working don't necessarily work anymore, and how, and I think what Previn's talking about very clearly here, to remove some of the friction that people may be experiencing or may not even know they're experiencing, but is likely to expose vulnerabilities and risks that should be mitigated against quite readily and more accurately and perhaps more quickly as a result of putting Orca security in place. So, Ziggy, over to you. Thank you. Thank you, James and Praveen, for having me. It's a true pleasure. So, in order to explain exactly what Orca does, I'd like to take you, let's say, uh, down memory lane, a trip down memory lane, where you know how companies had their own data center, whether it's on their premise, in their offices, in their HQs, or somewhere else where it was leased and so on. And the way to deploy a server was measured in days and maybe weeks even, right? You had to order the server, had to have people approve that order, and then install the relevant operating system, and then take that uh, server, put it into the server farm, and then boot it up, make sure everything is right, and so on. And we're not talking about virtualization right now, okay? That only adds to the complexity. So that was measured in days and weeks. Now imagine you do all this and it's measured in seconds and in minutes. So all these problems, and Praveen mentioned vulnerabilities, visibility. Um, we'll talk about friction between different departments, right? The ordering department, the people who install the software, the people who install the server in the server farm and so on. All these things just are enhanced and are growing in a rapid pace when you move to the cloud. So the first uh, um, thought was when moving to the cloud was called lift and shift, Say, saying this, you know, whatever we installed on that server, whether it's agent, um, other software and so on, we simply took that server, created an image of it and put it in the cloud. Everything's great. Everything works, right? But then you had to kind of work at the speed of the cloud. So new types of development, new types of approaches have, have uh, uh, become uh, uh, more apparent or more relevant. Um, instead of the, uh, um, the, that kind, you know, the, the one size fits all, take that server, put it in the cloud and so on. So a new kind of job has kind of, uh, um, let's say, was born, right? The DevOps. And they started working with Lambda functions, right? Uh, they started working with containers. They started working with, entities or assets as we call them that are moving very fast it takes seconds to deploy okay and if you want to fix it not a problem you fix it on prem and then you redeploy it again so and then the question is asked where does security come into play you know the first rule of security is if you don't see it you can't secure it right so the first rule is you have to gain visibility you have to gain 100% visibility because 50%, 60%, as if you had like on the data center where you installed agents, but you know that it was behind a lock and key. That was, I wouldn't say it was fine, but it was good enough. By the way, remind me to tell you something about good enough later on. Okay. In the cloud, it doesn't work. The cloud is open. 
And what the cloud vendors provide you is what we call a shared responsibility model, which means that they're responsible for the power, they're responsible for the hardware, they're responsible for the key entering to the, their server from and the cameras and the fence around it. But whatever you put on that hardware, it's on you. So, so if you develop something... Absolutely. So their responsibility ends there and then the hands over exactly. responsibility of the owner of that data. And exactly. The software, the data, and this is where, you know, the SaaS, the PaaS, and, and the YAS approaches or methodologies come into play. Uh, and one of the nice things, or I think the nice things, is that we see the investments of organizations into the cloud just going up and up. It's increasing. Um, from the report we just launched, um, Gartner says that, you know, today uh, we're talking about 20, um, around, uh, around $500 billion is invested in cloud. Okay, not only security, but in cloud by organizations. By the next uh, four years or so, it's going to jump to 500 or even 600 billion. Okay, so the investment is there. Okay, organizations are moving heavily into the cloud and they have to gain that visibility. That old approach simply doesn't work anymore. Not working for in terms of speed, doesn't work in terms of, of visibility. And we'll talk further on, uh, on the, uh, um, the security side of it. Visibility is only the first approach, right? Or only the first uh, item that we have to consider. Now, one of the things that did work in the on-prem, the data center, was you know you could install agents because you had one person, two people or so on that are responsible for that. And they said, listen, I'm not flipping the switch and, and the server is not gonna be available to anyone unless I installed these controls, okay? And people were because remember, you judged it by days and weeks. Today, when, uh, for example, take uh, uh, Ali, Alibaba, not the cloud, but the service or AliExpress, the service, you know, the, the Chinese uh, singles day, right? The singles day that from, let's assume from a hundred servers, within five minutes, they have to jump to 500 servers because of the demand. This doesn't work on a regular data center. You can't deploy more servers because you have to order them, right? Here, because of the service, scale you can do it. Exactly. You can do that. But again, the question is, can I install now an agent on these new 500 servers? Probably not. So that means that from visibility of, I assume, let's assume it was 50%. I added another 500 servers, it dropped to 10%, right? So the security drops because there's a whole lot of people coming into those servers, all that service, and now it's not secured. So this is what drove the innovation. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. You're talking about a point here, which is scanning your current environment. And irrespective of whether that current environment is either alpha stage right now, or if it's suddenly scaled to alpha beta Charlie, You've now, you've now got a totally different array that needs to be scanned. And what I understand is that you and your, your platform provides 100% visibility of all those assets at all times. Right. Exactly. So not only today, but also what we call future-proof. Now, the reason we can do that, because remember, the cloud is ever-changing. So what if I told you, change as much as you want? I don't care because I don't depend on agents. I, I don't depend on that person running and installing agents and installing controls. And, you know, my system doesn't have to take lunch breaks. It doesn't have to sleep, but it doesn't need to sleep. Uh, and, and it's not dependent on people doing things that are critical to security in a sense of installing things, uh, uh, going and installing agents and other controls and so on, right? And the way, and this is what drove the innovation here. The question that was asked is, 
why do I need agents? How can I do this without agents? How do I remove that dependency from that? And this is where our eight co-founders uh, uh, came into play. And I guess sat around and the, the, the proverbial story is set around a table, um, like the Kings of Arthur, the uh, Knights of Arthur, of course, the round table, and came up with an amazing solution and said, we no longer need, a sol no, no longer need an agent. And the way we do that is, I think Praveen mentioned it, the, the capability is called side scanning. It means that we can go into every type of asset that is available on the customer's cloud, the organization's cloud, and simply take a snapshot, okay? Take a snapshot of that at that specific time and start analyzing it. So because we don't depend on anything, only on what we call ephemeral scanners. Ephemeral means that a scanner that comes up and goes down very, very fast. We scan and we remove that scanner, and then we provide all that information. Now, the interesting thing here is that over time, or um, along, let's say, the, the past and so on, there were several solutions that did some of this uh, technology. For example, there were scanners, right? Uh, CSPMs, what we call uh, um, uh, posture managers, okay? That did what we call a wide type of a scan, but a very uh, shallow type of a, uh, a scan. So it gave you the metadata, it gave you some information about the condition of the workloads and so on. Another solution, which we call the workload uh, uh, protection, uh, protection platforms, did a very deep scan of the workload, but not very wide. And we said, hold on, we have this ability now to do both at 100%. And again, remember that when someone comes to you, a salesperson, and say, listen, 100%, no, guys, nothing in life is 100%. And I'm, I'm amazed to say that this is. It's 100%. 100% of all your workloads all of the time, all right? Even if you add, so you get that. Even if you exactly. Add, so this is what the future proof. Exactly. Yeah. Once you add a new asset, it triggers our system. We load up a new scanner, a new ephemeral scanner. We scan it. We deliver you the information, all right? So, so once we have all that information and think about, you know, the worlds of big data and, and, and things like that, suddenly you can come up with new types of information by uniting or converging a lot of, like, um, let's say, single types of information, think about a huge database, okay? Um, I, usually, I usually explain this with, and again, it's much more advanced than this, but think about a, a huge uh, Excel sheet with infinite amount of columns, an infinite amount of rows that has a lot of information. Now think about, for those who work with Excel, you know, do the VLOOKUP, right? Search for this and this and this and this and come in with a new type of, of information that suddenly is becoming tangible and says, listen, you now have a problem with your PCI DSS compliance, okay? Or you now have a problem with your uh, uh, identity in whatever uh, cloud you're using. So when we cross match all of that information, you suddenly come up with new type of information with a heightened level of uh, value to that uh, um, specific view or that organization. And when you talk about heightened level of value, it's a value because I can react to it. It means I, I, can, Absolutely. I, can, I can see there's a risk and I can put a mitigating factor in place to remove that. Risk. Right. Right. Let me give you an example that actually kind of uh, uh, makes your point even stronger. Okay. Let's, say I, I, let's say you have uh, a virtual machine, okay, that has vulnerability, okay? It's a vulnerability that's been out there for 10 years, okay? For some reason, you haven't patched it. Okay, not a problem. 
But we see, and, and, and you know, like regular systems, regular platforms will give you a list of 10,000 vulnerabilities on that one VM, right? One uh, virtual machine. Which one would you handle first? But because we have all this information um, on the side and from the front and from the back and everywhere, we can tell you that this vulnerability does not have a patch. So whatever you do, it doesn't really matter. It's not exposed to the internet. So the level of risk goes down. On the flip side, we can tell you that this vulnerability has a patch, is exposed to the internet, and that's why the risk is very, very high. Take care of that one first. So instead of seeing a 10,000 uh, uh, list of alerts, you would see 10. And 10, you can handle. Correct. And, and so again, I must say, um, Previn shared a very interesting um, demo with me. And I was able to see from the dashboard that, that, that radiates information how you prioritize those, those risks. And what I, was, what I was reading is some of those vulnerabilities are, um, actually, they're all categorized so that you can actually separate how you mitigate those risks and how you address them with the correct skills according to you know, who's available or who wants to address those certain um, issues at any one time. Get your devs involved, get that fixed um, in order to make sure that your, your, your cloud is still secure. And so you th thank you. I think what, you've definitely given a very clear indication of what you, what you do as a platform. And I'm thrilled to see that you've partnered with MaxTech. And I think the opportunities you have for the number of companies in South Africa that are going to cloud are very, very relevant. Um, and I also wanted to just touch quickly on your, um, your, that research I, I alluded to earlier. Some of the key findings in, in, the findings in that, so one of which I've got written down here, which is that 78% of identified attacks, their path is to use known vulnerabilities or CVEs as an initial access as the attack vector. Now, can you unpack what that really means? Because 78% is a huge number for me when you talk about risk. Hmm. Right, right. 78% right. Is, is, is a big number anywhere you look at it, right? Sure. Um, so it's important to put it into context, okay? It means that if you take 100% of attacks, 78% of them are using known vulnerabilities. Now, let me explain what known vulnerability is, okay? And I'll use another uh, uh, number from the report. 10% of vulnerabilities that we found with organizations, 10%, okay, one out of 10, are vulnerabilities that have been that have a patch but have not been patched for the past 10 years. So an organization, for some reason, has known that they have this vulnerability, they know that this has a patch, but this hasn't been patched for at least 10 years. So now when you go to a hacker, and, and remember, and I'm not saying this now to insult the hacker community because um, I learn a lot from them, to say the least. Um, but hackers want to be lazy. They're not going to try and find that exploit that no one found till now and, and, and so on and so on. Some of them do. You know, it's more of a country-state type of, of, of work that the, the, the countries and, and states do. But that regular hacker, okay, even the medium and, and the high-level one, they're going to go to the CVE database they're going to look for something that they can uh, manipulate or exploit, and they're going to assume that 40, 50, in this case, 78% of organizations do not did not patch for that uh, 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 vulnerability. So I think one of and, and we'll, I'll start with the one takeaway from this conversation for organizations: go back to basics, in a sense that make sure that you're patched, make sure that you have the visibility, make sure that systems that are at risk, whatever level you decide is your threshold, are patched. Because that's, the, that's like leaving the door open. It's not even a key. It's leaving the door open. 
my next question for Previn is to, to ask, what is a neglected asset? But I think you may have answered that question. Previn, what are you experiencing here in South Africa in terms of neglected assets and, and leaving the back door open? It goes back to exactly what Segi is saying. You know, uh, customers, first of all, don't have visibility. And then if they are running vulnerabilities, can they running it just as a tick in the box? Okay. And, and, and in some cases, it's overwhelming because you get tens of thousands of vulnerabilities and, and loopholes, which is not patched. So the scan is done, but there's no priority. Now with Orca, it's giving you the visibility, it's doing the vulnerability scan, mm. and it's giving you the prioritization on your current exposure on what you should be treating off first. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's, it, sounds, it sounds like everybody needs the solution. Um, and on that note, and I don't want to be, as I said, giving away trade secrets too early, but we're obviously going to share the, this, this amazing research with all of our listeners as an attachment to this podcast. It'll be on Tech Central's website, but also attached to the Tech Central's YouTube channel. Um, but really importantly is also to say that at this stage, listeners can know that with, at no, absolutely no cost, between Orca and MaxTech, they've very kindly offered to, to allow listeners a 30-day free trial and access to this platform, kick its tires, see what it can do. Um, and, and also, they offer to actually be guided through a risk assessment. You know, plug it in, see what it does for you, identify what, what might jump out that you didn't know about because your back door might be wide open. So thank you for that offer. Yeah, that's, I think that's the, you know, that, that's the, for us, is the price, is, is to give customers the ability to test it out in their own environment, yeah. giving them the visibility. Like Segi said, it takes a snapshot, so you're not really impacting the, the current assets in terms of the vulnerability scan, as opposed to traditional vulnerability scans. If they do find a vulnerability, in some cases, you can actually bring that system or application down. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, that'll be cherished by our listeners. I'm sure a lot of people take you up on that offer. Thank you for that. Um, we talk about removing friction. So let's go back to that research and talk about removing friction for, the, for, for organizations that are concerned about the security of their data in the cloud, please. Right. So the idea of removing friction is, was born because now you have a few departments in any organization that are taking care of the cloud, whether it's a security team that is responsible for the security of the cloud, the DevOps team that is responsible for developing and deploying uh, um, applications to the cloud. A new group has risen or was born called DevSecOps, who are now also developing, but are also considering the security component within the development process, but also in the deployment process. This is called CICD. Um, and the idea here is that if you only take what the security wants to do, it will hinder the work of the DevOps. If you only do what the DevOps want to do, uh, then it will hinder the security. So you would inherently deploy unsecure asset or unsecure application. So what we're doing here, we're actually providing the visibility to the DevOps, to the security, and then what we do, because we can also say, for example, this container was developed by Michael, okay? The security team says, okay, Michael, listen, we have a problem here, but don't worry, you don't have to do anything special. As part of our shift left capability, okay? Shift left means that we actually integrate into the development process so that when the, uh, the DevOps is clicking on deploy, it goes through tests and then tells them, okay, you're missing this package and you're making this vulnerable or you are missing uh, this capability, or this is, you misconfigured, for example, um, the, uh, the IM role, the identity of the, of the application, or, or who can access the application. 
you have uh, uh, maybe misconfigured and put in by mistake uh, an actual password like in, 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 in the application, okay? So someone can actually do that. So Im immediately that jumps into the, to the DevOps guy, to the developer, and they can go and fix it. Just to recap that, that's actually yeah. literally happening in the development and the testing phase. Mm -hmm. So right. long before anything goes live, there's, the developers get access to that as, you know, call it a bug, call it whatever you like, but it, it can be fixed before it's even demonstrated to the end user. Exactly. And it speaks at the language of the developer. Remember that usually the security guys and the developers are speaking in different languages. Okay? So in one sense, this is um, the security guy is talking in ports, right, and connections in, in a sense, and the de development is talking about services and applications. How do we bridge that gap? And this is what the platform allows them to do, to speak in the same language. Okay, thank you very much. And I'm sure what you're saying is definitely resonating with our listeners because a lot of the, the, the listeners we, we know on Tech Central and are very um, aware of through the conversation we've been having with them about cloud is they are comfortable with cloud, but maybe it's because they are somewhat unaware of what might be happening in the background. Hmm. And that's why we're having today's conversation. So thank you very much for, for all you've illustrated. Um, before I hand over to Piven to wrap up, I'd just like to make sure, Sig, is there anything we haven't talked about? Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? So like I said in the beginning, the first rule of security is visibility. If you don't have visibility, you're blind. You're shooting in the dark. You're assuming things. The second part is going back to basics. In, in a sense that if you have a system that needs to be patched and is exposed based on the risk level that you decided, of course, that is the threshold in your company, make sure to patch it. Because at the end of the day, the hackers, when they, when they hack the system, they are not satisfied with just going and, and, and logging into that first, uh, uh, first uh, or initial uh, uh, foothold that they have. They're going to look for the highest quality or the highest importance asset that you have in the system. This is what we call the attack path. So, exactly, reaching your crown jewels. And it's enough to break just one piece of that chain to simply disable that attack. So you don't have to patch everything. Patch the key, the key component that it breaks that chain. And, and the last thing is to make sure that security is part of the entire development process. Shift right and shift left. Okay, part before deploying it, making sure that it's set and then deploy it. And then we come in, what we call after the fact, to make sure that it's uh, good as well. Brilliant. You're always there, 100% on. Thanks, exactly. Segi. I really appreciate that. Pervin. Thank you. So, I think, I think Segi covered a lot of uh, yeah, my conclusion. Did. But, you know, going back to where, what Segi started off in the beginning, is he said, whether you've got on-prem or your services are hosted in the co-location, what also goes with that is you do have firewalls and you do have additional applications to secure your, your services and your databases. And with the migration to the cloud, yes, it is easier. It's a matter of a few clicks to set up uh, infrastructure to get uh, servers operational. But there is none of the additional file, the on-prem firewalls or you know, intrusion prevention systems or web application firewalls. Um, and, you know, and, and that's the gap that is left. Now, we've seen, you know, whether it be insecure configurations or applications that are not patched that, you know, can lead to malware. And over time, it just, uh, it, you know, it becomes, uh, it becomes a, such a huge risk that, um, you know, your whole business is, is, is compromised on that.
Uh, and when, when, when you are exposed, it's too late. Now, with Orca, you know, giving you that visibility, again, with zero, uh, zero, insta- you know, zero agents that you are dependent on, mm. to have that real-time, uh, these are the new assets that have been deployed, have a vulnerability scan without impacting production environment. And then when there are a list of priorities, helping you focus on what your security posture and what you should be looking at first is most important. And that's why I, you know, we look at OKA as a win-win situation. It's not just vulnerability management. There's let, it's giving you visibility of lateral movement, insecure configurations, malware, and many others as part of the solution. Brilliant. So if you're only just starting your cloud journey or you're a veteran at it, it sounds as if between MaxTech and Orca, they've got you covered. So, Sigi Kratu, the whole way from, from Israel, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate your insights. Appreciate it. Thank you for stuff. having me. Thank you. And we look forward to sharing your, your very interesting research and reports. It's, it, uh, it's very thorough and definitely relevant to, to our audience. So thank you for that. And Previn Pile, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for, for attending in person. We're really pleased to have you here on Tech Central. I'm James Erasmus. Thank you for joining us at Tech Central, the Impact Series. To follow us, please go to YouTube forward slash Tech Central. We very much look forward to our next podcast and episodes with you, our listeners, and our guests. Thank you very much.